there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one familial page of Talmud every day. Because in today's page, Nadarim 57, we return to a question that seems to really have haunted the rabbis. The question of in-laws. Have a listen. If he said to her, this is a person saying to his wife, Benefit from me until Passover if you go to your father's house from now until the festival of Sukkot is forbidden for you. And she went to his house before Passover. It is prohibited for her to derive benefit from him until Passover. This is a husband saying to his wife, I hereby vow that if you go to your parents for the holidays, you may not benefit from me until the end of the holiday season. This goes to show you Rather than just another exercise in understanding the intricacies of vow-making, dissolving, and mechanics, this goes to show you that the tensions between people and in-laws weren't an invention of television shows like Everyone Loves Raymond, but rather a very ancient, well-documented phenomenon. So here to talk about the thorny, sensitive, delicate topic of in-laws is my dear friend and the one person I know who actually seems to have solved this problem, who actually seems to have a lovely relationship with her in-laws. Stephanie Butnick, how do you do it? Well, it's great to be back. First of all, I'm pretty sure I'm a Talmud expert by now. Oh, absolutely. How do I do it? Look, I have great in-laws. I have the benefit, the good fortune of living in New York City and having my parents and my in-laws both in surrounding suburbs, which, as we've had a child, has become just incredibly (laughs) amazing. Okay, hold on, but I'm going to interrupt here. Yes, you're correct, and you're very humble in acknowledging that you have pretty good, like, opening stats. Like, the people are super nice. They all live within a convenient driving distance. Everything is great. But that's true for a lot of people, and yet I don't hear from a lot of people the same real kind of uh, of warmth and, and closeness that you have with the Kohen. So lead us down this rabbinic path. Give us some wisdom on how to achieve this. You know, it's interesting. And I will say it does require some work, but not in the way you might expect. I mean, I think when Ben and I started, you know, dating seriously, got engaged, got married over the past decade or so, I was very immature about a lot of things, right? I was always like, oh, yeah, I know where I'm going. You know, oh, sure, I'll roll up to the holidays and and go where where you want me to go or whatever. But I sort of realized when you merge your family, when you sort of have another family in the mix, you have to be a bit more proactive. And I'm not proactive at all, as I've been on this show talking about, uh, like, procrastinating and all things, trying to get organized. And so I think the key is, you know, when people say, like, we do Christmas with my family and Thanksgiving with yours or we switch, I don't have any of that. And it it does take work to say, like, oh, I actually have to tell everyone where we're going to be for what. I think... Weirdly enough, the best thing about Judaism, at least in the diaspora, is the two-day holiday. And like, I like to think that that's for in-laws, right? Like, you go to one family for the first night and one family for, for the second night. It's amazing. Like, I, I don't know who... So the theory, this actually had nothing to do with uncertainty about the actual date due to the no, solar lunar calendar. Seders, it has to do with in-laws. That's for your one family and the other. It's it's honestly the best thing. But so, but it does require a fair amount of planning. You have to tell people where you're going to be and you have to set expectations. So I always work on that. I mean... Look, I happen to like being in in near constant contact with all of my family members, mainly via text. And so I love to sort of text everyone what's going on. I have to say, you know, I'm always struck by the idea that I think Yiddish is the only language that has a word for 
the relationship between your parents and your in-laws, that word machatunum, mm-hmm. that's a crazy word. Like that is that shows me how much this culture values those connections that actually your parents and your in-laws should be close because that closeness is at the root of the whole family. And so, you know, I think that I, I had good examples. You know, I on holidays growing up, we would go to my dad's brother's house and my mom's sister and her family would also go. Like the idea was it didn't matter what side you were on. We all liked each other and had fun together. So I think I had a good a good mix there. I mean, I don't really have any secrets to be perfectly honest. My mother-in-law is wonderful. She calls me like all the time and I think it's hilarious and I, I pick up. Um, you know, I think it's hard when you're, you know, I'm super close with my mom and now I kind of have another mother figure. And so I think it's basically being clear to everyone that they're super important in your life in different ways. And yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's just feeling grateful for this, for this interest. I I know a lot of people whose mother-in-laws like aren't particularly interested in them. Um, My mother-in-law comes to all of our live shows that are in her sphere of suburbs, as opposed to my parents' sphere of suburbs where they go to live shows. So I just think I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. And I Besides the template that has been set for me by Judaism with these words like machatunum with these two-day holidays, like I'm just sort of following that blueprint. So great communication, manage expectations, and be grateful. Stephanie Butnick, I am grateful for you, and I'm grateful for the Butniks and the Coens and the example they set for all of us. Thank you for being our guest. Thanks for having me. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, Robert Scaramuccia, Mark Oppenheimer, and Sarah Fedmanader. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.duffyomi.com or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.